MLS season has been over for two weeks now, but there is still plenty to talk about as we enter 2016. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, Ivis Galarsep. How's everything going, man? It's going pretty well, Garrett. It's uh, Even though it's the quote-unquote off-season, as we have learned long ago, there is no such thing as an off-season when it comes to soccer and American soccer. It's uh, it's a busy December. Teams are, are, are they've dived, dived right in. Free agency, uh, teams are preparing for the draft, teams are signing homegrown players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you name it, it's going on, and uh, there's giving us plenty to talk about. Well, that's, that's a good thing for the league. I mean, that's what the league wants out of us. I mean, talking 12 months out of the entire year, talking every single day. I mean, extending the MLS Cup. I mean, what's the offseason, really? Six weeks before teams start reporting? I mean, it's amazing. Well, they'll be it. here before they'll be here. They'll be here before you know it. And now that you have uh, free agency, or at least a version of free agency, uh, now it's even even more interesting because now that you have this, these players that are out there that teams can go after and, and recruit and try to sign, and and you've already seen some teams really step up to to go after some of these talented players, and and we've seen some some potential impact players making moves and and changing clubs. You mentioned that Toronto FC. I was wasting no time. This offseason going out, adding Will Johnson, Drew Moore, and Stephen Betashore. I, I was trying to say not, not pleased with that first playoff uh, appearance. I mean, they're clearly going for the championship next year now. Well, I mean, that whole playoff thing. I get that they finally broke that jigs, but at the same time, I mean, they, they, they were the sixth seed. Uh, the only reason they got in is because the league expanded to six playoff teams. Details, Ivis. Come on, it, it, details. It, I don't know. How, I don't think anyone can honestly look at that season as a success because it wasn't. All right. I mean, as much money as they've plowed into that team, they were supposed to do better than they did. Uh, and I think it's clear that they they went into this offseason realizing that they had to address some needs, and maybe they finally learned some lessons from past attempts to build their roster. Uh, maybe not relying so heavily on foreign uh, on on the imports and maybe looking within MLS uh, to some proven commodities, some players who've who've already established that they can play in this league. And now we see that with a guy like Will Johnson, who's won a mm-hmm. pair of MLS cups. He's a proven winner. He's a proven leader. Uh, perfect addition for them. Drew Moore, uh, a very good defender, someone who will help upgrade there. Uh, gives them some stability. Is he a dominating defender? I wouldn't say that. Um, but I would say he is an upgrade over some of the shambolic defending that they that they had last year. And then Stephen Betashore, who addresses what was probably their 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 most troubling position last year. Uh, he's an excellent addition at right back. I don't get the deal with teams uh, just not holding on to this guy. I mean, I remember when San Jose let him go. I was kind of surprised by that. I looked at that and thought, why would they move him? The guy is so good, so solid in the right back. And you're talking about fullback positions being a, a real weak link in the league. And then they move into Vancouver. Now Vancouver makes the move and and and, and parts ways with them. And, and obviously, I know teams have have challenges with with salary cap and all that. But I don't I don't get it. But all I know is Toronto FC. I think they made out like bandits. But you yeah. know what? As I wrote in uh, on Goal.com this uh, on, on Monday, we've seen this before. We've seen Toronto FC kill it in the, in the offseason, kill it with their with their uh, you know offseason moves, and then it hasn't panned out. So, is it going to be different this time around? I think I think it just might be. Well, I, and I think you're right on that because when you look at Toronto FC's previous offseason moves that you mentioned, you know, bringing guys in like Jermaine Defoe, Michael Bradley, yes, I mean those are key pieces, but it still takes a team to win an MLS Cup. That's just the reality of that. And then for Toronto FC, I mean, when you look at this, obviously you have Bradley in place, or you have some Jovinko, then you add these three guys with the pieces you already have. I mean, Toronto's now trying to build a team. So, you know, those previous off-seasons that, you know, that it wasn't the right answer. I mean, it, it does 
have a track record of getting them to this position now where they can add these pieces to complement the rest of the players they have on their team. No, I think they just swung in and missed in a lot of different really? signings. Mm. I don't think it's a case of, oh, this was a plan that piece by piece they're building. It worked out. No. No, it hasn't though. It hasn't yet. That's the thing. They haven't won anything yet. You don't win anything in Jan- in 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 the middle of or the week of Christmas. You know what yeah, I mean? You no, don't I win agree. anything. I now. agree. I agree. They haven't won a single thing. Uh, you could definitely argue that okay, it, it looks like maybe they're being smarter, but at the same time, you always end up paying for your past mistakes, as short term and long term. And one thing I did point out, uh, one question mark I have about their team is, I mean, what kind of depth are they going to have? Because when you run through a lot of signings that just don't work out for you, you end up having to pay the cost on those. And it ends up costing you in the possibilities of developing depth and building depth. And I wonder about the depth that they're going to have on that team. I, uh, I know that you're looking at their potential starting lineup, and it looks pretty damn good if everyone performs. But I think to win a title, you need to have depth in, in MLS. I think the Portland Timbers showed that uh, with the quality that they had. Guys step up, Max Arruti, Dairon Espria, Norberto Paparato, Jack Jewsberry. Guys who, who stepped up and, and really uh, provided quality off the bench. Toronto FC, that that remains to be seen how some of their guys uh, step up. Some guys who would probably have to play bench roles. I think a guy like Hercules Gomez could be an excellent bench option if you don't put him in a starting lineup. Uh, but beyond that, I think on the in, defensively and I think in midfield, I don't know about the depth that they're going to have. And, and that's where they're really going to be tested. And you know what? It all comes down to, once again, Greg Vanny and his ability. And I, I feel like we've said that we said this last year. It's going to come down. It's going to come down to his ability to take these players and make and make it all work in a in a plan and and that and a team that gets results on a consistent basis. Because you can have all the names you want if the coach isn't putting people in the right positions to win. So they could have themselves a pretty solid back four. But then again, you have goalkeeper Chris Kanapka, and, and you know, hey, he's from Jersey, so I'm not going to crush him too much. But yeah. I don't know if he's a difference maker. I don't know if he's a top end starter i don't know if he's a guy who you would necessarily say is in the top 10 of goalkeepers in the league could he be the weak link are they looking for reinforcements are they looking to upgrade there that's a question so there's still some questions there they're not it's not you know it's not locked in one through 11 that they're 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 mls cup uh you know or bust well, one of those players that we mentioned on Toronto FC, Drew Moore, joined the team as a free agent earlier, a couple of days before Sporting Kansas City signed the first free agent ever in MLS history. That is Justin Mapp, who's moving over uh, to Kansas City. And Ivis, when you look at this move, I mean, very nice pickup for Sporting Kansas City. No, it's a solid move. I think he's a very good player. Um, I know there was some question, oh, who's the best free agent available, right? And I think in terms of a need, I think he definitely helps fill the need there. I think he does provide a, a boost on the wing for them. Obviously, they have Graham Zussi, uh, but you want to have somebody to kind of partner, uh, be on the opposite side as him, and I think he, he fits in well there. Uh, it's easy to forget what he could still do before he uh, suffered the el- nasty elbow injury that sidelined him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he still has a lot a lot left to give, and uh, I do want to see him in that Peter Vermees system, how he handles it there. And, uh, again, free agency, you got to love free agency. Yeah. Um, where a team like KC, that's already a pretty solid team, can go out and add a piece like that, and they might not be done. I mean, I think they, you know, there's talk obviously about uh, Mike McGee, and KC is definitely in play for Mike McGee. That's that is a possibility. I, I, obviously, the, they're not the only team. I'm sure there are several teams that are interested in Mike McGee. Um, so we'll see where he winds up. But hey, if KC can land McGee and Matt, I mean, that'd be a pretty big offseason for a team that was pretty solid to begin with, and a team that was probably yeah. gonna, you know, have. Uh, I mean, you know, they're already – Ike Opara should be back. I mean, knock on wood, he can stay healthy. I mean, the guy's a beast. 
So, so we'll see, man. It's interesting times in Kansas City. And in your backyard, I have this New York Red Bulls center back Matt Miazga may be going to Europe. You're reporting that that it looks like he's being shopped around right now to some English Premier League teams. Uh, I mean, what's the latest on this? Is this legit? I mean, can the New York Red Bulls lose Matt, Mia- Matt Miazga? Absolutely, and uh, I think it needs to be. Uh, I did find it interesting that at the end of the regular uh, regular season, there was this sense among Red Bulls fans that you know he was he was definitely going to be back with the team, and and I think that. That, that was a little naive. I think I don't think people realize what was going on behind the scenes. And the fact is that there's definitely some forces at play uh, that are trying to get him out of there, that are trying to move him to Europe. He's a hot commodity right now, and uh, he's being represented by an agency that definitely wants to move him to Europe, definitely wants to get that payday. And, you know, he's a player who I know wants to go to Europe. I mean, he has that he has the, the Polish passport. He can go over there, uh, doesn't have to worry about things like uh, work permits and all that. So, I mean, he... He's a guy who, I mean, look, teams looking at him and looking at the year that he's had and the fact that he's 20 and there's so much upside there. I mean, this kid, is, is, is he has teams ready to spend some money on him. And the issue with the Red Bulls is he's got a year, he only has a year left on his contract. I know there's been some confusion about this, but I mean, my sources tell me definitively he this is going to be the last year of his contract. And if you're the Red Bulls, do you risk losing him for nothing? And that's a big question. That's a big question because obviously – they have their aspirations to win a championship, but there's also the questions of the bottom line. And if a team comes along, if a club comes along offering them, you know, serious money that that could help recoup them, recoup the investment on him and recoup the investment on their homegrown pro, uh, program, then that's something they're going to have to think about. Because, again, if they don't sell him, they will lose him for nothing. Uh, you know, they, they they obviously tried to make him an offer, tried to get him to resign. But obviously, if you're him. And free agency is looming. You're not going to resign if 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 Europe is is what you want, what your ultimate goal is, and it's pretty clear that's what it is. So it, it's the the best. And I wrote about this for Goal.com. The best case scenario for the Red Bulls is they sell him to a club that then loans him back to the Red Bulls for the 2016 season, and that's a possibility. And I, I think that's the best case scenario if you're the Red Bulls is to have that happen because he's not going to resign. That's that's that ship sailed and. You know, I know some people will look at it and say, well, how did the Red Bulls let this happen? And it really – the way it all happened was, was uh, you know, part of it was just bad timing, uh, just how quickly Miazga's stock rose. But it's also – I'd say it was a question of of the contract that they first signed him to, which when they first signed him, he wasn't yet a superstar prospect. He wasn't even like a top U.S. national team – like youth national team prospect. Uh, so the team signed him to what was a surprisingly short contract. Uh, you know, when you think about teenage generation Adidas players that signed five year, six year deals, homegrown players uh, with national team, with youth national team backgrounds that signed five, six year deals, his deal was significantly shorter than that. And 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 for that reason, here we are. The Red Bulls have, uh, uh, you know, before they knew it, he went from a prospect to a starter to a national team player. I mean, it all happened like that. And 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 they got caught. They got caught out there, and now they're they're in a position where they're either going to have to sell or they're just going to say, you know what, we want to win a championship. Mm-hmm. This we, we feel we can do it in 2016, and even if it might cost us a transfer fee, we want to keep Miazga. We want to have him for this year and, and make a run, another run, at the club's first time. Well, hopefully for Miazga, you know, he obviously goes to a situation where he can get playing time or – would get loaned out. I mean, a guy his age. I mean, you, you know, you're hearing some English Premier League teams in there. 
I mean, you hope that obviously he gets loaned out versus like, you know, going to, you know, Norway or Germany, you know, most likely, you know, getting playing time right away. One of those situations. Well, I don't think he's going to any of those leagues. I mean, I don't think that those are the type of leagues where you're going to get the, the kind of uh, transfer fee that, that it would require to get him. Uh, I, I think if you're, you know, if, if you're his agents, his agency and, that you, and you signed him up uh, and you have and you have this interest from top league, the, you know, specifically the Premier League where they have tons of money. And, and, and clubs in, in England are not uh, are not above uh, putting an investment into a young talent. Uh, that's the tricky part because yes, while you have teams that might invest in the young talent, what happens then? What happens after that? Does he does he is he going to be able to go somewhere and get some playing time? Is he going to be able to get loaned out? And that's the big question mark because uh, that's the tricky part. So we'll see what happens. I think I think that's going to have to get figured out and sorted out this month. I mean, obviously the window, the transfer window doesn't open until January, but I think if you're the Red Bulls, you want to kind of have your ducks in a row. And and I think they they you know they they want to they want to go into the transfer window knowing what they need. And if they're going to lose Miazga, then you absolutely need to go get yourself another central defender. Um, I know Dar- Damian Perinello had a great year. I mean, he, but he did suffer an injury. Who knows how long he'll be out for? I don't think Ronald Zubar is the answer as much as Jesse March loved him. I just don't know if he showed enough to lead me to believe he's a guy to build your defense around. So if they're going to lose Miazga, they need to go get themselves a, a top-notch central defender. And the sooner they can figure that out, the better. Well, as one player is most likely leaving New York Red Bulls, one player is probably saying Dax McCarty, obviously Ives New York has to keep him no matter what at this point. Right. And I, I know some people will say, well, why is that even a question? Like, is that is he's never going to leave? He loves New York. I would say this from my understanding. You know, there was a very real possibility that he was going to leave this this winter and that he was going to go to Orlando City. Uh, at There was a point in time when Orlando City was interested in him. Very, very, very interested in him. And he obviously was interested in going back home. He's from Orlando. Uh, it's definitely the one team where I think he, he could have seen himself going. Uh, when you want to talk about the type of money that, that he can make, um, he it needs to be pointed out. He's a free agent after this season. After the 2016 season, he will be a free agent. And that's where, again, this is the thing, the type of, these are the type of things that teams have to worry about. So if you're the Red Bulls, once again, once again much like Miazga, do you sell him now or trade him now? Or do you keep him for another year and risk losing him for nothing at the end of the year? Uh, I think it's a little different situation here now because, uh, from my understanding, Orlando City, that's a dead issue at this point because of the upheaval in Orlando. And Orlando City, their club, they obviously parted ways with uh, Paul McDonough, their their former GM, uh, who I thought did a really good job in his first year there. But they brought in new leadership now uh, from, from I believe, I believe Portugal. Uh, or Brazil, one or the other, but yeah, they have these outside forces that have come in and that are going to now run the club. It's it's there's a whole new direction there, and from my understanding, the new leadership there is not interested in Dax McCarty. So with Orlando City no longer being in that market for Dax McCarty, um, now the Red Bulls I think are in a bit of, in a better position to sign him now, to re-sign him, sign him to a new deal. And if you're the Red Bulls, you have to do that, right? I mean, the guy's coming off a career year, best eleven year. You could argue he was the MVP of that team in, in 2015, and uh, he's earned it. He's earned it. So I think I think if you're the Red Bulls, you need to sign him quickly, uh, especially if you're going to lose Miazga. Because if you lose Miazga, you you better go sign McCarty, have him locked up, and not have to worry about it going through this again next winter, losing a key piece to the puzzle. So uh, I think that bears watching to see what happens. I mean, I, if you're asking me, my, my my money would be on 
Dax McCarty signing a new deal with the Red Bulls this winter. And Ivis, New York Red Bulls also staying busy signing homegrown players to deals. Uh, I know you also reported on this. Uh, Brandon Allen looks promising. What's the deal on these four players that New York signed? Well, I reported earlier in the week that they will be – actually, I reported, uh, reported it last week that they will be signing, bringing in four homegrown players. They announced two of them on Monday. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if they announced the other two on Tuesday. But they will be bringing in Brandon Allen, Derek Etienne, Mile Corbeau's and uh, Alex Muyel, uh, four players who are all talented, very talented players. I think they are, they're all unique in their own right and what they bring to the table. Uh, Brandon Allen is a player that people are going to know because obviously he's just finished a four-year career at Georgetown where he, where he was a very productive player. For my money, when you want to talk about upside, the player with the most upside in, in this group is Derek Etienne. I mean, we're talking about a super skilled midfielder, uh, attacking midfielder, can score goals, can create uh, unbelievable on the ball. He really impressed the Red Bulls when he was with their USL team last summer before he went to Virginia, uh, and he was outstanding there. He's a, he's a really talented kid. Uh, there's some questions about his his his, his work ethic in, in terms of being a, a real two way player, a guy who's gonna you know help on both ends because obviously we've seen his ability on the ball, but when you're gonna play in the next level, you got you and especially in Jesse Marsh's system. You can't cheat. You have to. You have to be buzzing around at all times. You have to be able to and willing and able to contribute defensively. So I think that's going to be what the part of his game he needs to work on. But I tell you what, if this kid figures that out, he could be a special, special talent. Uh, and and the other guys that they're signing aren't, aren't chop liver, chop liver either. Brandon Allen, I think, would have been a top fifteen player in the draft if he was in it. Uh, a pretty a solid uh, big forward for them. Uh, I've been interested to see how he fits in for them. Where, where, you know, it, does he get minutes in year one? Uh, Alex Muel is a guy who can play. He can play out wide. He can play as a second forward. Uh, he's a pretty dynamic player. And Mal Corbeau's uh, a very talented player, former Rutgers player uh, who finished up his career at Maryland. He's got some serious skill. Uh, he's he's, he's uh, good with set pieces. Uh, he, he's a guy who there's still some question marks about about his his ability to kind of transition to the next level and be an impact midfielder. So he'll be one to watch for sure. Well, just north of the New York Red Bulls are the New England Revolution and midfielder Jermaine Jones, who is now suspended six games. Also does not like the contract that the New England Revolution offered him for him to stay. I mean, I guess there is anyone having a worse offseason than Jermaine Jones right now. I think he's. I don't know how bad. You, how bad is the guy having it? I mean, he's got he's got a great family. He's got money in the bank. He's got all these celebrity friends. He's. I think he's still. I think he's still doing all right. I think he's still doing all right. Well, okay. As far as his on the field, Ivis, things aren't going well for him. I mean, suspended six matches. I mean, Jurgen Klinsmann is going to have to obviously make some um, some changes there. Whatever team signs him. I mean, there, there's a lot that plays into that right now. I think the timing is not good, obviously, for him. Because when you think about the fact that he's out of contract and now he's trying to find a new deal and he's got a suspension hanging over his head and that's that's that can't be helping him when it comes to teams that he's trying to talk to because no matter where he goes, because of because it was an incident involving a goalkeeper, it's the kind of suspension that will carry over wherever he goes. This is not an MLS only suspension. So if you're a team looking to sign him and you and you're fully aware that he has six matches, that's gonna kinda diminish his value in the eyes of a lot of teams. So and not, just, and not just there, but also in MLS. I think, if anything, in MLS it's less of an issue because, let's face it, the regular season isn't as pressing as it is in other parts of the world. So if you're, you know, if you're a team in MLS and you really need a defensive midfielder or central midfield presence, you're not going to mind having him sit six games. 
because you know you're still going to have him for you know 28 other games in the playoffs. So he, I think he's a good value. Obviously, the uh, the New England Revolution have no interest in signing him to the same numbers that they signed him for originally. And I know Jermaine Jones is not happy about that. He took to Twitter and pointed out to people that you know his his deal. Uh, the one he's been offered now is only 20% of what he made last year. And just to clarify a few things from my understanding is that, you know, he made like $3 million last year. Uh, now, if he made $3 million last year, that means 20% is 600000 600000 is actually based on what MLS players make and what he brings to the table. It's not that outrageous, but obviously if you're him – and you you came into the into the league on a certain number, you're gonna feel like you should not get that much of a pay cut when you've played well. And and I understand that, but I think it, 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 his view of it all has been skewed by the fact that he got a really big deal. A player his age to sign for that money, he was coming off a big World Cup. There's no question that that played a huge oh, part course. in the deal. Um, but that's not the case now. He's older now. There is no World Cup. He's coming off of. Um, he struck, you know, you, it's great to strike while the iron is hot, but the iron is not hot anymore, Jermaine. You're not making that money again. Let it go. You're not making it in Europe. You're not making it in South America. Maybe you can go to Qatar or China, but you're not making that money in any any top league anywhere, and you're not making that money in MLS. So ask yourself then, what can you do? And I just personally, I don't know any team in the league that's going to pay him anywhere close to what he's looking for or, more importantly, going to offer him a guaranteed multi-year deal. That's the big question, too. You know, I'm sure Jermaine Jones feels like he wants a two-year, three-year guaranteed deal, uh, multiple guaranteed years at big money. That's not happening. It just is not the, the uh, uh, you know, the the economics of MLS is just not going to allow for teams to pay a 34-year-old defensive midfielder that kind of money. It's just not going to happen. And, and and the sooner he realizes this, the sooner he kind of says, all right, this is uh, it's not going to happen for me. Then he's going to ask him. He's going to have to ask himself what what matters to him. Does he want to win a title in MLS? Does he not really care about staying in MLS? Does he want to just go to China or or, or Dubai or, or, or you know the UAE and 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 you know make big money playing in front of you know crowds of dozens of uh, of billionaire sheiks? I mean, I I don't know what he has in mind, uh, but you know it, it's not a good it's not a great situation for him. The whole suspension, but. Uh, what's making it worse for him is the fact that he's just not realistic about the kind of money he's going to make in 2016. What he needs to do is realize that he needs to take a pay cut and then go to the galaxy so he can finally live in L.A. and live the celebrity athlete lifestyle. That's what he needs be, to do. You know, he'd be a pretty good signing for them. Um, but I think they have other. They have a lot of other issues they need to address. They got a lot going on. But L.A., I tell you what, man, L.A. Galaxy, they're, they're, they have a lot they need to deal with. Uh, I, I think I think people are aware of that, but uh, there's a lot going on in LA. Uh, I tell you what, the next the next couple of weeks are going to be interesting there. But I don't know if Jermaine Jones is necessarily part of that plan. Well, speaking of U.S. national team players who are making the news in December, Abby Wambach Ivis officially has retired from the U.S. women's national team. She then goes off on a very high note by putting her foot in her mouth and saying that he should fire Jurgen Klinsmann and also referencing that he brought in a bunch of foreign players. I mean, what is Abby Wolbeck thinking making those comments? Well, as far as the Klinsman firing thing, I mean, that's she, she's entitled to her opinion. She can say that. And 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 I think anyone who follows the U.S. women's team could probably get a chuckle at that because, obviously, you know, most people blame her for driving out Tom Sermani as head coach, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and so it's kind of like, you know, that's her M.O. is, is, is you know, wanting to, to decide the, the fates of coaches. 
Um, but that's fine. <laughs> I, I got no problem with that. She can say that. She can speak her mind on that. Who cares, right? She's entitled to her opinion. The qu- where she really ruffled a lot of feathers and where she really was tone deaf and missed the mark on is her comments about foreign players. And it, it's just really the way she said it and just kind of it was a, it was careless. It was really careless. I mean, I get I get the gist of her point, but I don't think that point was made well by the way, by the way she expressed herself. And I know Landon Donovan tried to chime in and, and offer his take and tried to offer it a little bit more insight. It's almost like he was defending her, but he really wasn't. He was trying to he was trying to offer an explanation for what might have motivated her comments. And that's always a tricky one. You never want to yeah, try to sit there. You stay away from that. Yeah, you don't want to try to explain someone else's mistake or someone else's poor choice of words like let you know they made their they made their mess let them let them deal with their mess because at the end of the day it's only going to make you things look worse for you if what you then say is also misconstrued or taken or a bad way and i don't think donovan's comments have been taken that way but still it's not you're not really helping but yeah man i mean it was disappointing it was really disappointing and it, it was weird for me because i'm like I, all right I, i'm not I, I don't cover the women's national team that extensively um but i can understand like you know, she's a great player. When the greatest players, some would argue the greatest player. I still say Mia Hamm. I still say Kristen Lilly. You know, that generation, I, th- I think they're still greater. But she's one of the greats. She's retiring. You want to give her her just due. Uh, and for me, it kind of felt almost – it felt almost wrong to kind of make a whole thing about this at the time that she's about to retire. The timing was a little uh, was a little weird. So that's why I, like, I stayed out of that whole fray. But it's been a week now. It's been a couple days now. And I'm going to say, listen, she may- – she just completely blew this. She completely did not handle this the right way. And I get, I get her whole like, oh, I, you know, I'm retired now. I'm gonna speak my mind. People aren't gonna like it. I get it. We get it. We've seen it before. We've seen pro athletes who who speak their mind and aren't gonna be afraid to to you know let fly. You know, Charles Barkley's done that. Been there, done that. Charles Barkley's trademarked it. You get and you've had you've had people try to do that since then. All well and good. But at the same time, like she's still playing, she had she was she's still like a, a role model, impressionable, uh, you know, a lot of impressionable fans, and for her to come out and just dismissively talk about foreign players, I thought was a joke. I thought it was absurd for her to do that, and I understand like where Landon Donovan's coming from as far as the fact that you know there's so many foreign players, but you know what, man, like that that like that's not the fault of the players, right? The players have to, if they're eligible to play for the U.S. Yeah, of course. And, and, we, and we've talked about this tons of times. Like, like who are you to say that they shouldn't be able to play for the U.S. if they are eligible? And the thing is that becoming a U.S. citizen, getting a U.S. passport is probably one of the toughest things to do. And like in terms of any country in the world, like the, the the citizenship regulations in the U.S. are tough as heck. It's not easy to get a U.S. passport. And, and you know, a lot of these players are the children of former American servicemen, and you're going to sit here and say that they shouldn't be able to represent the U.S., the country of their of their parents or their father. The, like, give me a break. That's a joke. That's a joke. Not only that, the history of American soccer is lined with foreign-born players who, you know what, play big roles in the history of American soccer. So now you're going to just dismissively come off as Abby Trump and, 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 and just stop <laughs> off like – and, and that's the thing. It's like I, maybe she didn't mean it that way, but that's how it came off. And I wasn't going to sit here and be like, oh, she definitely she, – she's racist. Like, oh, she's prejudiced. But like, no, no. She put her foot in her mouth. Yeah. She, and, and she's savvy. You, you would think she's savvy enough 
maybe she'll take a step back. And 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 I'm not saying she needed to apologize. I know some people were saying, oh, she should apologize. It's not so much that she should apologize, but she could have explained herself afterwards. She could have like said, oh, you know what, maybe, you know, this is what I, I meant to say. But no, she's she's holding firm. She, yeah, I don't think I saw yeah, her. Abby Wambach will never do that. No, but here's another <laughs> thing. Like like Cindy LaRue is supposed to be her best friend or one of her best friends. Cindy LaRue's husband. It's trying to play. For, it wants to play for the U.S. He's from England, right? <laughs> so should he not be able to play for the U.S.? Like should he just off? Oh, well, I'm I'm a foreign guy. I guess I shouldn't play for the U.S. now. Like like really? Like is that like Sidney LaRue is born in Canada? Like I mean, come on. Like where? Well, I stop? can't remember. I mean, Don Where's, Dwyer is he working on his accent? That that could maybe help out his case in Abby in Abby's eyes potentially. Point is, like Abby Abby Wambach probably should have thought a little better about that particular comment. And I and when when you hear it, like. She she's so kind. It was like a throwaway comment. Like she probably didn't even realize, like what a what what a firestorm that would create. You know, um, but it, the fact is, it did create that. And the fact is, do you really is that the the message you want to send to like the gener the generations of young impressionable fans that you know what this is how they should think that like foreign guys shouldn't be playing for the U.S. quote unquote foreign guys. Like, come on, like that is so weak. And she sh and I'm not gonna say she apologized, but like she should have thought better of it. She should have clarified. She should have come out and said, you know what? Maybe I didn't say uh, uh, what I meant, or maybe I, I should have been a little better about the way I expressed myself. She should have said something because what she did say was a joke. How long did you have that Abby Trump thing? Do you have that queued up for this show, Ivis? I don't think I don't think I invented that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I wasn't the first person to think about how similar her comments <laughs> were to things we've heard from Mr. Trump. Uh, Isn't I, Trump you know, your boy? You know, you're from New York, like him. I'm from, I, <laughs> I'm yeah, from like Jersey. Yeah, I, know, I like that. <laughs> I'm from Jersey, and even though I'm from Jersey, I'm definitely not down with Chris Christie. Chris Christie is, is, is an idiot. Uh, not to get all political, but that guy. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> sooner, <laughs> yeah. The only good thing about him running for president is that hopefully more New Jersey people will realize what an idiot he is, and then he'll get he voted. He won't be governor anymore. We know he's not going to be president, so we'll it, see. it could happen. I mean, it's crazy things happen. It will not happen. I know. I know. Look, regardless of Abby Wambach's comments, it's just weird for her for her to say that, and then look for her to say it before her final game. I mean, it was just like it was so bizarre the timing of everything. I was. It was bad timing. It it's like time. was it supposed to be like, hey, I'm going to say this so everyone look at me. It's my final game. I mean, I don't want to think that, but it, it's it, she drew the attention on her. It's, it's very strange. It's very strange. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think I, I, I wouldn't. I don't personally. I'm not going to go that deep with it and say, oh, there was an ulterior motive from her to try to draw attention to herself. I just think she got carried away with ripping Jurgen Klinsmann and then let her let her mouth get away from her a little bit. And then she kind of started dropping. Oh, yeah. And another thing. What's up with all these foreign guys? It's like, really? come on, man. Foreign guys. Like, I get it. Right. I get it. Jermaine Jones did not grow up in the U.S. But guess what? His father was in the, was in the armed forces. He did go to America when he was younger. Same for Fabian Johnson, Daniel, John Brooks, Danny Williams, all these guys like. And, and what's funny to me is like, okay, Landon Donovan chimes in and, and kind of like hints at the, the fact that there were players that, you know, he didn't name that, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. His really comments are very. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like. The it's safe, really... it's safe enough. Safe enough. Yeah, I mean, he made comments like some of them really don't care about yeah. for the U.S. And it's like. <laughs> You're like, who? Okay. <laughs> like, okay, Give us names. Right. I mean, I, I don't know who that would have been. Like, I, who's going to say that to him? Like, really? Who's going to actually admit that? To him? Like, I, I don't. How does that even, how does that conversation even start? Like, how do you even get into that conversation? <laughs> All I know is, and, I, and and this is what I remember. 
all I know is that the 2014 World Cup, Jermaine Jones was the best player for the U.S., in my mm-hmm. opinion. Batman Johnson, one of the best players for the U.S., one of the best uh, defenders in the World Cup, for my money. John Brooks scored the freaking winner against Ghana. Ju- uh, Julian Green didn't get in until the last game, and then he scored a goal. Yeah, he still scored. So, like, how are we even getting into this? Like, these guys, you know what? Fine. They didn't grow up here. But I'll tell you what. The person who said it best, the person who addressed this situation best, if you remember, Terrence Boyd on our show, um, he, you know, he, I thought he laid out an argument for it better than anyone when he's, cause I like, listen, when he said, I get it, I get why people have an issue. I know I wasn't born in the U.S., but like, but, and, but if it were up to me, I would have been born in the U.S. And again, these guys, like, yes, like they weren't, you know, maybe they weren't born here, maybe they weren't raised here, or maybe they were born here, but they weren't raised here, like Mitch Discrude, who I thought had a great response to, to have you on back. Um, whatever, whatever the, re- whatever it is that makes them eligible for the U.S., like respect that. If they're gonna play for the U.S., if they're gonna sweat for the U.S. and and run all and and put their careers on the line to play for the U.S., like respect that. Like that deserves respect. And and I just think it's so. I don't know. I thought it was weak. I thought it was super weak. And and you gotta love the whole. Well, uh, you know, and when Abby Warwick's like, oh, foreign guys, and then she's like, oh, but hey, I love Jermaine Jones. I love Fabian Johnson. I just don't want him on my team. Like, don't, like oh, I mean, she didn't say that part, but it's like at that point, don't even bother telling us that you love Jermaine Jones because it doesn't matter. You've already crapped on him and said, you know what? What's up with all these foreign guys? Like that? I don't know. It, it was a poor choice of words and a poor time and poor timing because I I feel like it distracted from her last game, which they lost by the way. Um, so I don't know. It, it was bad. It was bad all the way around. But hey, guess what? It gave us all something to talk about. Well, even the guy like Mixed Discrude, who like you know really wasn't in America at all. I mean, same thing. I mean, he he comes back to Arizona once a year, so it's not like these guys. I mean, it's very rare to have a guy who's like not somehow connected to this. Yeah, country. Julie Green has been coming to Tampa. Yeah, it's like uh, his whole life. I mean, yes, does he still have a super, super thick German accent? Fine, sure. But guess what? The guy's a Tampa Bay Lightning's fan. He he, he you know his, his father's still here. His father's like if you follow his father, he's like you get all a million political tweets. But his father is like a hundred percent American, like you know serviceman. He, he served his time in the army. Like like come on, let's respect these people. Like they you know like I I don't know I I for me I, I I'm t- I'm I'm a like I was kind of offended by because I'm like listen man that's that's wrong, and and even like the whole Donovan thing, kind of him chiming in and kind of alluding to the fact that maybe there are a couple that don't really it's not that big a deal and like you know what so what right i mean like just because like they don't want to like cry and they bleed for the like like no, like you, the north korean players like, who cried during the national anthem yeah that's what landon donovan wants if donovan's coach ivis everyone will cry at the national anthem i don't i don't know i don't know not to, I'm, not, I'm not gonna pile on him either but i just like you know what i don't know like i where did this come? Like, I could, here's my what I believe. This is my my like opinion of what maybe had happened. Maybe maybe if you ask Julian Green, like at when they're in that pre World Cup camp about playing for the U.S., what does it mean? Maybe he didn't have the most articulate answer. <laughs> maybe he kind of was like, "Oh yeah, hey, I get to play in a World Cup." <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> right? He's 18 years old. What do you want him to give you an essay about what it means to him to be an American? Like, come on. Like, again, I don't know if that's who Landon Donovan was talking about. I do not know. All I know is Jermaine Jones, by everything we've ever seen and, and, and everything we can tell, when he plays for the U.S., he gives us all. There's never been any questions about his commitment. Uh, Fabian Johnson, obviously, the whole thing with with the, with the Confederation Cup, I mean, uh, the CONCACAF Cup and him coming out early and, you know, 
what does it mean to him? But I tell you what, the guy's played a lot of good games for the U.S. At the World Cup, in qualifying, like he, he's played a lot of good games for the U.S. You know, it, he's played in his World Cup already. If he if it didn't matter to him anymore, then why would he just quit? Why would he even come back? Why would he come back after the whole uh, CONCACAF Cup fiasco if it didn't mean anything to him, right? Why? He already did it. He already played the World Cup. Like, why would he come back? Uh, John Brooks, the same thing. John Brooks, you know, him coming in and getting hurt, like, that doesn't help his career. Aaron Johansson, the same thing. He's come in. He's gotten hurt. It's probably not helping his career to, to play for the U.S. national team if he didn't really want to. Like, I don't know. I, I, I It's all a little, uh, I don't know, man. I, it, it, I mean, I see these guys. I see these guys play. I see them train. I see them come in on a regular basis. And for me, the, the sense I've always gotten is that it does mean something to them to play for the U.S. Does it mean the same for all players? No. And who even would imagine that that's the case? Are there players who, like, it means a lot more for? Of course that's the case. But does that mean, it, 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 you know, it, is the 23 for the World Cup based on who – wants it the most no it's about who the coach feels are the 23 he, he should take that could win them games and get them deep into the world cup that's what the, and, and you know what right or wrong you know you can you can argue the decisions you can argue the, the the selections you can say why did he take julian green over donovan why did he take brad davis or chris wanilowski like you can question those things but once you get into the players trying to read their minds and trying to say oh do these guys really care uh, you know, it's like almost, a, it, it, I don't know, it's a slippery slope there because it's almost like, well, they weren't born here, so how can they care? Like, that's crap because I know guys who were not born here. I know people who are not born in this country who who their living here means more to them than people who have lived there their whole lives. Living here in the U.S., growing up, being born in the U.S. does not make you love the U.S. It doesn't. It should, but it doesn't. There's millions of Americans who could give a crap about the fact that they're American. But guess what? There's a lot of people who come to America and appreciate the opportunities that are here for them as immigrants, whether they, you know, maybe they get their citizenship. And guess what? It means everything to them. So I just think people need to take it easy and be careful with that stuff because I think it turns off and offends a lot of people. Yeah, it does. Look, this country was founded on immigrants. We continue to get amazing people come to this country. You know, it's it's what makes our country great, Ivis. And hey, last note. U.S. isn't the only country that has foreign guys on a national team. This has been going on. This goes on everywhere. This isn't even just like – and we're not talking small countries. We're not talking about you know, you know, uh, Qatar trying to like load up on Brazilians 10 years before the World Cup. I mean you, it's, it's – we've seen this. We've seen, we've seen countries that have had foreign-born players win, win World Cups, win all sorts of things. So like this is not new – what I will say is I understand the concern when you have so many foreign-born players and not concerned with the fact that there are foreign-born players playing for the U.S., but concerns over the question of is the player development system here doing enough to produce players that can that can win those roster spots? Like, I get that question, and that's a whole other discussion. And I think Landon Donovan tried to tried to tried to address that. Like, I think he, I think he kind of touched on that, and I get that. I'm I I totally agree that player development in this country needs to get better point blank like uh, end of story it needs to get better mls academies they get need to get better uh the whole system needs to get better but do not blame the far don't blame the you know foreign born players who are eligible to play for the u.s do not blame the foreign players who come here to play college soccer and happen to be way better than the players that are already here don't blame them 
blame the system here that's not doing a good enough job of developing better talent. Just make sure where you, you make sure you direct your concerns in the right way. And that talent is still five, ten years away from really showing. I mean, it's, it's well, not like it's going to be next year. Who knows, man? Who knows? It's, it's still yeah. years away, man. I mean, there are there, yeah. I mean, we're going in a whole other way. This thing is it's like a whole other show we've turned it into. But I mean, I get it. I get there are concerns. I mean, especially I mean, I, you know, obviously I read about the draft. Everyone knows that. Uh, and I've done my work on the on the generation Adidas class. And you look at the list of the top generation Adidas targets and nine out of 10 are foreign born players. And you're like, what is going on? Where are the American talents coming in to the generation? And that's a, and that's a real question mark. And, it, and again, the question remains, are the MLS academies and the develop is the development system in this country doing enough? And the fact is, it is not. It is not doing enough. It needs to get better. But don't blame the players who, who, who in the meantime are taking advantage of those opportunities. Do not. Do not blame them. That's crazy. I don't. Look, the academy system. I mean, the academy systems, look, it's, it's, some teams take it seriously. Some teams don't. That's just the reality. You yeah, know? You know what? Even the ones who quote unquote take it seriously. Like, who, who's really crushing it? And I know everyone talks about FC Dallas, but guess what? FC Dallas went how many years? Just revolving door of homegrown players. A lot that of did, years. That did nothing. Did nothing. They finally have a, a, a crop, right? Credit to them. They finally have a crop. They finally got, you know, Justin Gonzalez, Victor Ulloa, Moises Hernandez. They, you know, they, they've got a couple that are doing well now, and it's great. But guess what? Like, a couple does not make it like like they figured it out. Like, they figured the equation out. Guess what? What, what, what proves that is consistent production of talents not a couple but consistent production of talents because guess what fc dallas while they have this crop now for every guy that has made it now there's like three or four who never made it who never did a thing and and but it's still better than what most teams have done a lot of teams haven't produced anything and that that's not good enough folks that's not good enough and that's that's where people need to be concerned. That's where Abby Wambach should be, you know, directing her her concerns about about anything. It shouldn't be about the quote unquote the foreign guys because it almost kind of hints at you know what Jurgen Klinsmann is calling in these guys who are who are bad players over guys who are good players. Like, and I know you know yeah Benny Felhaber and his guys that he doesn't like, but you know what, like the. The player product, the player development system here needs to get better. Yeah, the point. players aren't there. That's just the reality. The players are not there, and the, and the well, it's, part of it's also coaching. I mean, the coaching is not, not the coaching in this country isn't the best either. It's getting better. It I think getting it's better, getting better, but it's. I mean, look, it's, as much as the players are getting better, then the coaching is doing the same thing. It's, it's, it's still years away, man. Five, ten years. I don't know about five. Ten. I, I would say, I would say, in three to four years, we'll start to see. Hopefully, the tide turn. I think we, I think we will, because I'm looking at now. I'm looking now, and I'm. And you're looking at that kind of U15, 16, 17 around that range. And I know people will say, oh, but the U17 World Cup was a disaster. Like, you know what? Uh, at the end of the yeah, day, like U17, that determines the future. The 17 World team. Cup does not really mean anything. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you even look at the teams that do win it and you look at the players on those teams. I mean, look at Mexico when they won it with Gio, <clears throat> when Gio DeSantos uh, was on, when he led their team that won it. Uh, there's only a couple of guys that came off that team that did anything. So. Like that's a little, you know, what what's really gonna matter is when you're producing quality top end talent, yeah, uh, uh, like more and more of it on a consistent basis. And U.S. the U.S. is just not doing that. Yeah, look, I see it as this: the U.S. will not compete realistically for World Cup until 2026. 
that's when I see the whole system finally working. And that's 11 years away, I was. <laughs> that's a, that took me a lot of math for a second. <laughs> yeah, it's a. <laughs> but I'm just saying, but that's how I see it, though. I mean, twenty. I mean, that's 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 how. I mean, I, in terms of the players finally coming up in the U.S., really being a country, we could say, man, these are, you know, finally we can, you know, hit that next tier of you know international soccer teams. Right. It's just I mean, thing. I mean, we all want the same thing. We all would love, we all would love to see a a bunch of Americans, a bunch of born and raised Americans, <clears throat> playing Champions League, playing on top teams. On a consistent basis, we would all love that, and we all hope that happens one day. But right now, it's not happening, and it's it's uh, it needs to get better. Yeah, it does. All right. Well, you and I can spend like days on talking. Yeah, this about was like a whole other national show. Teams we'll, we'll switch back over to the U.S. men's national team. Good news for them is they've now scheduled two friendlies to kick off 2016. Both will be in California. The first one is against Iceland on January 31st, the day after my wedding, Ivis. So huge major conflict for you. And then the next one in California also is against Canada February 5th. And uh, Ivis, I mean, you'd like to see the U.S. taking on a good opponent, Iceland, doing pretty well so far. What do you think of the matchups? It's hard to say because, I mean, you don't know. Because these games are not international calendar games. So you don't know the level of, of talent that these teams are going to bring in necessarily. I mean, I, I, we all remember, or maybe most of us have tried to forget, the last time the U.S. played Canada in this kind of window, it was a 0-0, really ugly game. Hopefully it's a little better this time around. Um, so it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing what, what kind of team Klinsman brings in, what kind of new faces he brings in. <clears throat> He's, they've already let it be known that they're going to bring in several under-23 players to kind of help that transition uh, into the Olympic qualifying playoff against Colombia that they're going to play in March. So you're going to have some guys in for that. Um, so I don't know what to make of these games. I And, and you know what? I'm going to have to miss your wedding, man. I think I might have to go to these games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, it gets an epic barn burner in Iceland. Who do qualified for their first Euro, by the way. So They're a good team. A good team. I mean, I, I don't know how much that they're – First team is going to be at that particular friendly, but again, I think it's well, they never can really show about... Aaron Johansson what he's missing. They're going to beat the U.S. and be like, "This is what you're missing. <laughs> this is their chance you know, at redemption." Right. Well, he won't. It's not like he's going to be there anyway. So yeah, um, Iceland but... doesn't care. Ivis. This is their chance. The January games are rarely about the opponent. They're usually about the new faces for the U.S. to kind of get a first taste of these guy, these guys' ability to contribute uh, to the U.S. team. And and I tell you what, I want to see a Darlington Nagby. I, I, I definitely want to see what he what he's gonna hopefully do in a starting role in these games. You like to you like to think he can get in there, uh, and also you want to see what of the other kind of breakout players Ethan get Finley. called if they get called in. You want to see who gets called in, and there's guys who may not get called in that people are going to be like, "Wait, where's this guy? Where's where's Ethan Finley? Where's Sebastian Lejet? Or you know, they, they, you know, well, Jorge Villafania is now at Santos Laguna, so he won't be available for for those friendlies. But I have a feeling. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot of new faces in that camp. Well, I have this one player who you're not sure if he'll be there or not, depending on what he does, is uh, Michael Bradley, who also won Player of the Year. Uh, I mean, look, hands down, Ivis, Michael Bradley, best player of the year for you? It's, it, you know, it's interesting, right? Uh, the way the year ended, I don't think people will necessarily look at it and say, oh, it's a slam dunk that he, that he should get it. I think some people will say, oh, maybe he had some rough games toward the end. Uh, but I don't know how fair that is, man. I thought the guy was ridiculously impressive in the first half of the year. And I think, I feel like I mentioned it recently. Uh, might've been on the last show. We actually, I'm pretty sure it was the last show 
where th- there's this idea that maybe you know what he he sets such a high standard that anytime he's anywhere not at that standard, you kind of almost p- penalize him more in your minds. Like you kind of like downgrade him more in your minds because he's not at that elite level, even though he's still probably at a higher level than most, right? And and I think from that standpoint, for in terms of the the, the year as a whole, if we're talking about the U.S. Uh, I think yes, you can you can you can say he's the guy. Um, now, but mind you, the award that he won was the Football de Primera Player of the Year, which I think used to be the Honda Player of the Year award. I don't know if it's still the Honda Player of the Year, but that's not the official U.S. Soccer Player of the Year award. That award is still to be announced, uh, and that one is supposed to take into account national team play and club play. And then that gets in it that that gets pretty interesting there. Then you ask yourself, well. Who's done well on the club side and for the national team? Um, would anyone? Would, I mean, does anyone think Michael Bradley had an, out, uh, an outstanding year for Toronto FC? That's, I think that's up for debate a little bit. So, I, but hey, look at a Fabian Johnson man. Fabian Johnson's been killing it on the club level, uh, although for the national team it's been a little bit up and down. So I don't know, man. It's a tough one. It's not as clear cut as years past. But I think Bradley, I think Bradley will win the official award just like he won this award. What about Jordan Morris? He couldn't win the award. He, nah, he scored nah, goals nah. everywhere, man. Uh, well, he, he didn't even win Young Player, the Young Player Award. I was a little surprised by that. I mean, I, that's, well, Mike, just, Matt, that's just hype to get Matt Miazga's transfer fee up. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. This is a conspiracy theory. I tell you what, one guy who I like, and and not to say he should win Player of the Year award, but like, you know, when you looked at the U.S. Soccer's official ballot for Player of the Year, mm. uh, and you had, I believe it was Michael Bradley. I think Dempsey was on there. Fabian Johnson. No, not Dempsey. Fabian Johnson, Brad Guzan, Jossi Zardes, and DeAndre Yedlin. Now, how does Yedlin get on the ballot? I'm sorry. No, no offense to DeAndre Yedlin, but he didn't even he didn't play club at all for Tottenham in the first half in the first half of the year. And he played some games for Sunderland here in the second half of the year. Uh but for the national team, it's been kind of whatever. It's kind of been up and down. I know he's played a lot of games, but I tell you, the guy that I like that should get on the ballot is Bobby Wood, man. Think, look at what he's done for the national yeah. team. Now he's starting regularly for his club team in in, in Germany. Uh, I think I think he's had a great year. I think he's had a great year. So I think for me, he's a tough. I think if you're going to put someone on the ballot, I think Wood has a better case than than Yellen. I'll agree with you with Bobby Wood. You know, the thing for him is is you know, we, I think people may forget that you know the year. For him, you know, he didn't score any goals. I know that, but the year started off pretty well for him. He's putting himself in positions, dangerous player. End of the year, scoring goals. I mean, Bobby Wood had a very good 2015. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, what he can continue to do at the international level. I mean, let's face it, no one scored a, a better collection of goals, or more important collection of goals, than Bobby Wood. When you think about who he scored against, I mean, in one year. Scores against Germany, Netherlands, and Mexico. I mean, how many guys can say that, right? I mean, and now he's playing for his club team. He's actually tied for fourth in, in the in the in the second in the German second division in goals. Which hey, you know, say what you want. It's the second division, but look, Germany, the second division in Germany is still a pretty good level, and he's playing regularly now, consistent starter, scoring goals, and he's only what is he twenty three years old? The crazy thing is, he's like only like five weeks away from having been eligible for the Olympic team. This is how young this kid still is. So I tell you what, man, if he keeps it up, if he puts a full year together of production, uh, I think teams might start sniffing. You know, you might get Bundesliga teams 
starting to sniff around and ask questions because, I mean, I'm sure he turned a lot of heads by scoring those two big goals against Germany and the Netherlands. So, and, you know, if, if you can score on that level and then against Mexico in the big stage in front of 90,000 plus in the biggest game of the year, he steps in there and scores a huge goal, which would have been would have gone down in history if the U.S. had won that game. I'll tell you what. Watch out for him because as big a year as he had in 15, he could be having an even bigger year next year. Wyvis on the college scene, the soccer season has come to a close. Speaking of national team, Jordan Morris delivers for Stanford. They defeated Clemson 4-0. Morris, two goals in the game. And what an ending for him for his college career, which hopefully he goes on to the professional level. But I have a Stanford first ever national title for men's soccer. Uh, that's a big one, and I, I got to say, I was almost surprised that they, it was their first one because I mean they, they've been close many times. <clears throat> but credit to them, credit to Morris, man. I mean, he came back to school. He wanted to win a title. Now he's won that title. Now it's time to go pro, Jordan. Step away from the textbooks. You you go out a champion. You can finish your degree in your spare time. It's time to turn pro. It's time to turn pro and go play on the next level. He's ready. He's good enough. It needs to happen. And I think it will happen. I think it's safe bet. I know there's I know there's people who still are kind of skeptical and think, oh, maybe he'll stay in school. I know some people are like, oh, is 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 making the move now even worth it if he's not going to play? Look, the kid is going to play, okay? Whether he like, <clears throat> especially if he signs with Seattle. And I know some people are like, oh, will he leave and play? They have Dempsey, they have Obafemi Martins. Listen, you will get him up. Siggy Schmidt will get him on the field. He will get him on the field because the guy has difference making speed. He's a handful, and he's only getting better. He's 21 years old. He will find playing time, and he will do well in Seattle. And he needs to play already. He can't just spend 2016, uh, you know, in on the in the occasional U.S. camp, uh, U23s, maybe in the Copa America, and oh, and then a college season. No, give the guy a full MLS season, and I tell you what, he is going to be. I think he's going to do great for Seattle, and, and hopefully, he does time. And Ivis in NASL, Freddie Adu has re-signed with the Tampa Bay Rowdies. I gotta say, Ivis, the first time Freddie Adu has re-signed with a team. I mean, that, it's, it's been quite some time now. That's a big one. Uh, that, that's uh, I think it's a good move for him because you know, as you say, I think he needs consist. He, I think he needs some consistency, some stability in his career, a chance to kind of settle in and really kind of find his find his top form and. Obviously, the, uh, his first year in Tampa Bay, he had, he, he had to deal with some injuries. His first half season, uh, he had to deal with some injuries, but he still showed quite a bit in the time that he did play. Uh, and you look at Tampa Bay and you look at some of the moves they're making, and it, it looks like they're pretty serious about trying to make a run next year. Uh, they go and get Tom Heineman, who's who's been one of the best uh, strikers in, in the NASL. And, you know, one of the big issues for Tampa Bay last year was – was the finishing. And, you know, if you watched the Tampa Bay games, I think Freddie do finish with like three assists, but he could have had like nine or ten if some of these guys could finish the chances that he was setting up. So <clears throat> I think it's a positive sign. I think it would have been a real – I think it would have been questionable if he had walked away again after just half season. Although on one hand you kind of say, well, Thomas Rongan brought him in. Thomas Rongan's gone. You could see him walking away. But credit to Tampa Bay. They saw the value. They saw him as someone that they want to kind of keep around. And that's a good sign. That's good for Freddie, man. He's 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 had a rough go the last couple of years, and and you know what, 2016 could be that year where he really, now that he's comfortable, he's settled in. Uh, you know, he can really show what he can do. And you know what, if he if he crushes it in 2016, uh, maybe ML, maybe a return to MLS is uh, is not out of the realm of possibility in 2017. 
And it's also been a busy offseason for NASL as well. You can go to sbisoccer.com for more coverage on the league. International news, Ivis Jose, I'm sorry, <laughs> Chelsea has fired Jose Mourinho uh, about time. I mean, can you believe they actually fired him? And Chelsea is a total dumpster fire right now. Say it ain't so, Jose. <clears throat> no, I'm kidding. It was. It, it had to happen. Uh, I, I think it all came to a head. Uh, I love. I love Jose Mourinho as a manager. I think he's an excellent manager, one of the best in the world. But it, it was pretty clear that he had just kind of lost touch with that team, and uh, things had gotten real ugly between him and 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 some of the guys on the team, and uh, some of the players on the team, and and that's why you have a lot of Chelsea fans who are not happy at all uh, with some certain players on the team because they feel like maybe. Uh, they threw Mourinho under the bus. Maybe they didn't play for Mourinho like they should have. But you know what? Sometimes there's some situations are just untenable. And, and I mean, we've seen this in the past with Mourinho, right? Where he, he, he starts out great. He, he puts in a, a good couple of years, but eventually it, it flames out. Eventually he needs to walk away. And, and uh, you know, as unfortunate as it is, I mean, it's crazy to think just last year he had Chelsea playing at such an unbelievable level. Um, no one could have imagined that after that amazing season that it would all fall apart the way it has. And I don't think it means he's not a, a great manager anymore. I just think it, it's just that it stopped being a good fit and it just things turned things got things turned toxic there. And I think, you know what, he's going to be fine. I think, it, it, I, you know, as much as maybe Louis Van Hall keeps the job at Man United, I think I think Mourinho could do excellently at Man United. I think he could turn them around. I think that'd be great. I mean, just imagine Pep Guardiola at Man City and Jose Mourinho at Man United. I mean, that, I mean, just think of all this, the headlines. And not only that, Man U plays Chelsea. I think uh, in a week, so you could have man, you could have Mourinho against Chelsea. Oh man, I, I you know what? <laughs> no, nothing against Ivan Hall, but I, I just I don't know. I haven't seen anything from his team. I, I don't know if he's the guy to get it done. So I would love to see Mourinho at Man United. Well, I just we can dream, and then you know Ronaldo will just also return to Manchester United. It's a possibility. I wouldn't don't rule it out. Could you imagine? And then City goes out and gets messy. Oh my gosh! Uh, that's not happening. <laughs> it could happen, Ivis. Anything could happen. Come on, billion, billion dollar transfer. Maybe, maybe that'll happen. I know that it would be ridiculous. Very, very ridiculous. Well, Ivis, Messi. yeah, what's up? Messi staying in Barcelona until it's time for him to come to MLS and uh, yeah, know, right. Be play for Miami. It's like you know, I saw David Beckham trying to court. Uh, Ibrahimovic to come over and play for his Miami team. Oh, Ibra's coming, man. I hope. I cannot wait Ibrahimovic for that. That actually is real, and I cannot wait for he, that. He needs to come to America. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be Miami. <clears throat> he needs to come over. The sooner the better. Uh, it's funny because my, 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 my tw- junior, my 12-year-old, I mean, who loves Ibrahimovic, he was already like, when I, me- I, I mentioned to him recently about the possibility that one day he'll come here. And he was like, well, if he comes here, we're going to all his games. And I'm like, well, <laughs> he's probably not going to play for a New York team. So uh, you're going to have to settle for once or twice a year. Although I wouldn't mind going to Miami to see him play. You could drive down to Philadelphia. That's around the corner for me, too. He's not playing for Philly either. No, no. Then they, they play Philadelphia. Uh, true, true. Get a couple more in there. I yeah. that I can't wait for. I mean, his ego in this country. Oh, dude, we'll just we'll, we will just eat it up. No, nah, he he'll be great. I mean, that's yep. the thing. It's like you know, we love athletes like that. You know, oh, I cannot wait. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, he he's coming here. I, I just I uh, is I remember I remember I remember there was a time when Thierry Henry when people were like, oh, Thierry Henry never come to MLS. But I'm like, no, he's coming. He'll be here one day. And as sure as I was that he would come here one day, I am absolutely, without doubt, positive 
Zlatan Ibrahimovic will play in MLS one day. Hey, who, okay, that's the future. Give me, give me a realistic big name that could come over this offseason. Uh, that's a good question, man. I don't know. I don't know. I think Wayne Rooney needs to come over. I think he's done, man. I, I think as far as the Premier League, I think maybe he's, uh, he's it's time for him to call it a day. I don't know. That's a good question. Really, Wayne Rooney? I don't know. No, he can still play. I mean, come yeah. on. He, he comes here, he's going to he's gonna crush it. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if Jermaine Defoe can come here and score, you know, uh, double-digit goals pretty easily, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Wayne Rooney could come here and, and crush it. Um, and that's the thing. I, I don't know if this – I don't know if 2016 is necessarily going to be the year of the super big-named guy coming to MLS. I think, I think you're going to see more of a kind of a mid-range guy, especially now with the ten, targeted allocation money and, and every team really having the – the, the the wherewithal now to add a couple of guys who are kind of mid range guys who are who are maybe a, who are maybe a notch below those you know multi million dollar signings which I think is only going to help uh, the depth of the league and, and help teams as a whole so uh, superstars though I don't know let me think who would you like to see tell me who do who do you who are you hoping comes comes similar? who am I hoping hmm. Nicholas Bettner I hope he comes. <laughs> I don't even think you need. I think Tam alone will get get your Nicholas Bentler. I mean, come on. <laughs> I had to think of most like reckless person. I don't know. It's it's fun. I was thinking this the other day. You know, it's. I feel like the last couple of years has been kind of chatter in December. And I was just thinking, like, there really hasn't been. You know, not. You know, there really. You know, it's, lot, things listen, popping up. You know, a lot of guys came this year. Man. Yeah, they did a lot. Lamp, I mean, come on, Lampard, Pirlo, Drogba, Gerrard. I mean, come on, like that. Kaká, Javinko's like it's a lot of names in you in one year. So maybe 2016 will kind of be the year, uh, like a kind of in between year, and you see that next wave. And and, that, and again, remember 2017, you're gonna have expansion. 2017, you're gonna have Atlanta and probably Minnesota. Uh, and if not Minnesota, I mean maybe I mean whoever, at least Atlanta, maybe two teams. And usually when you get expansion uh, expansion coming in, you get you get DPS coming in. So oh, you maybe know next- you know Atlanta will go out and and sign some big names. No, I, yeah, they have money. No, they're gonna, they're gonna definitely sign some guys. That I am excited for them. That that's gonna be another team that's gonna, I think, gonna have some serious money to start off with. It's gonna be good, man. That's gonna be good, just like that. Think about that. That part of the U.S. had nothing. Also, in Orlando City, big name. I think Atlanta could be a big name. I mean, just like that, Ivis. We shall see. Oh, you don't, you don't think so? No, yeah. Well, hey, how about hey, Chicharito's killing. It. Maybe he'll come to MLS. No way. Uh, He's doing Not too the way well. He's killing. Yeah, he's I doing know, too well out there now. Yeah, yeah. Nah, he'll come here eventually. I, I think there's no doubt. I think, I, it's, I think it's just a marriage made in heaven. But I just don't think it's going to be now. I just think he's too good still, and he's he's still young. He, he and he, he's showing it now in Germany. Now he's crushing it uh, that he can still play. And uh, you got to be laughing at Man United right now for just kind of letting him go and not thinking he was good enough. And now they can't score to save their lives. <laughs> And he can't stop scoring in a better league. You could argue it's a better league, but uh, it, or just as good a league. So I think it's, I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> I love how you just clarified that. You you could argue it. <laughs> oh hey, I, I'm just going by how these teams do in Europe. I mean, I don't know. No, I know, I know, I know. It's amazing. It's. I wonder how much it pains. You know, you know how like U.S. fans just like can't stand it when Mexican players doing well. You know, Chicharito doing well again. Oh, that must be driving some people crazy right now. I don't know if it, it's as bad as it used to be. I mean, I think you just have to kind of accept it. That, uh, And you know what? It's good for the region, man. It's good for the region to have 
<clears throat> to have a guy like Chicharito or to have the other Mexicans who are like the guys of Porto. Or like, you know, today on Monday, man, we're watching Arsenal Man City and you have Joel Campbell, the Costa Rican, playing for Arsenal. I mean, I think that's good. I mean, obviously, as an American fan, you'd like to see <clears throat> some American players, or if you ever be one back, some American-born players, uh, playing in some of these games. But uh, you know what? We'll see. Hey, look at the, look at the Bundesliga. Fabian Johnson, John Brooks. Their teams are in third and fourth Fabian place. Fabian Johnson's killing it right now, man. He's I, mean, on I, know fire. That, I know that goes without saying, but he's on fire. He's on. Not bad for a far guy. <laughs> yeah, not, not too bad. I mean, yeah. come on, Ivis. That he has to he has to be going to Barcelona now at this point, right? Mm, I don't know about Barcelona, but I think he's. I, I got to believe some bigger teams are looking the way he's killing it right now. Yeah, it's good for him. You know, it's good. He said it's good for the region. It's good when players in this region do hey. well, no matter what country you're in. He's doing pretty well. Hey, you know what? As long as you don't need him to play 115 minutes, you're all right. He's doing all right for you. <laughs> but he was hurt. I'm but he was, he was really hurt. I'm Ives, come kidding. On. I'm totally kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob Johnson's great. Uh, Ivis, before I let you go, man, anything else we need to discuss? Holidays are happening. Did you see Star Wars yet, by the way? I did not. No spoilers. Uh, I need to go see the other six Star Wars movies first. And then Wait, I you can... haven't seen any Star Wars movie? I have, I can honestly say I don't think. Oh, you know what? I think Phantom Menace I saw in the movies, and I totally had no idea what was going on because I <laughs> had no context for it. Um, I just yeah, for some reason, I don't know. They don't show these movies on TV. Like like they don't have like you know HBO or like TNT marathon. Like they don't show these movies. I don't know. I guess because you know Lucasfilm, they you know they don't maybe they haven't sold the rights or whatever. I kind of want to watch some of those movies to give me the con- the proper context. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, I do kind of this movie looks good, so and it was we'll pretty see. good. It was pretty good, Ivis. I'm busy watching all these other kids' movies, like the Peanuts movie. Or oh my god, dude! Uh, I, I was watching the previous four, and there was like some cartoon movie that came on, and I and I looked at my fiance as like, you know, if we have kids, those are movies we're gonna have to go see. Oh yeah, listen, you oh will my, get a dude, steady diet of that stuff in about seven years, my friend. Just you, just you wait. Like, and you'll the look, movie you'll looks come- so dumb. It, 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 I don't know it was, what it was, but I was like, "Oh my god, this is so bad." Just what was the other? It was a couple kids? I saw a couple kids movies recently with the boys. What, you see like uh, Minions. Oh, of course we saw that. We see like ninety five percent of the kids movies that come out. So. Oh my gosh! <laughs> hey, they, they I like don't know if I'm ready for that, dude. What movies did we see? I'm blanking now. Is uh, the the Snoopy one was definitely more for the eight year old. Uh, I thought it was pretty cute. Um, what did you see? Which one? The, the Pixar one, like the Inside Out. We saw that. That was good. And again, that's the, there's some. There's yeah, no, some those kids, are good. Those are good. There's some kids' movies that, as an adult, you can still appreciate. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some like, that you're like, like, oh my god, shoot me right now. Nah, they're all pretty. They all, you know what? I think the, I think the movie companies realize that parents have to go to this stuff. Yeah. So they kind of so they kind of like slip in, you know, <laughs> adult friendly kind of stuff in there to make you kind of like, you know. Keep you awake during the movie so you're not snoring. Because I was definitely snoring. Uh, actually, what the, the, the I saw two kids movies and then I saw a non kids movie. Uh, <laughs> you fell asleep in the non kids movie? <laughs> no, I watched that one. That was the uh, the Bond movie. The Bond movie. I watched that. It was all right. Um, what was the other movie we saw? Oh man, it was another kids movie. I can't. I'm blanking on the movie, but I guess it couldn't have been that yeah, good. Yeah, right? yeah, they all meshed. <laughs> oh no, no, I got it. The Good Dinosaur. That was uh, that was what we saw. Which was again, that was pretty cheesy, but. <laughs> Kids got to, you know, let the kids, you know, they got to watch the movies. Oh, man, I'm not ready. You know what? Listen, I'll, I'll take the kids to all the kids' movies, and I get to watch all the, you know, the, the adult TV shows like Walking Dead, Game of Thrones. You kids aren't you know? on for Walking Dead yet? 
No, they're not into those. Trust me, I watch, we me and the wife we 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 watch a lot of. No, we we get our TV viewing in pretty good. Oh, I know you do. You love your TV shows. Yeah. And your uh, you know Days of Our Lives and uh, nah, not, all nah. my children. No soap operas. So it's okay. I was just admit it. I know. I know you've been wanting to keep that quiet for a long time. I I'll readily admit there's stuff that we watch that I'm kind of like, why are we watching? This? <laughs> uh, which is more. There's more like reality. There's reality type shows that is like uh, you know my wife watches that you know. Did you remember when reality shows was like the Real World, which was like awesome back in the day? Real World was the well, Real World was okay. No, like it was, okay. was yeah, was it okay, or were we just young and stupid? We didn't know better. It was good. It was perfect for our age demographics. Maybe that's why. Yeah, maybe that's why. Like, like Jersey Shore was like the best ever. That show was hilarious. I love the Jersey Shore. That, first off, every, first off, everyone loved that show. I don't know about that. You don't I, think I, so? That show was hilarious. I think snobs. I think arrogant. I think arrogant people who could not, who couldn't get over the stupidity of the show. <laughs> that was the to, point of the show. Had to suspend reality and just accept that these people were really not right. And it was great. It was funny. <laughs> that show was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I can't remember the last time there was a show like that, a reality show. Like, I mean, at least everyone saw at least a episode. I feel like, or at least tune in for a few minutes just to see what it's about. And the hype was pretty real on that show. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just looking forward to uh, Frank Underwood being back on Netflix. Dude, I saw that preview. That was cool. Stars is coming back, my friend. I can't wait. That preview was pretty cool that they did. You saw it? Do you see? Did you see it? <laughs> Huh? I didn't see it yet, so don't spoil it for Ooh, me. Ooh, you got to see it. Well, there's no, there's no spoil. They just make it look like a real presidential campaign ad. Right. It's really cool. You got to check it out. It's very yeah, cool, yeah. Ivis. Very catch, cool. You got to catch up. You do. You do. All right, Ivis. Well, anything else before uh, before I let you go, my man? I think that's it, man. We're going to try to cl- we're gonna try to finish the year strong. Uh, this is episode 247. I, we're going to try to figure out a way to f- have squeeze three more episodes in the rest of the year so we can finish 2015 with 250 episodes, which I think would be a pretty big accomplishment. And then we'll see what happens in 2016. There's no guarantees. I think Garrett's ready to retire. He's, I mean, he's obviously about to get married now, so priorities will change and we'll probably have to part ways. Um, we'll have him on as a special guest every now and then. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'll, uh, I'll have to I have to go solo, uh, SBI show solo in 2016. So I'll be spending the rest of this month training myself to to, to produce the show so we'll see if we can make it happen i'm a little worried that your ego will be too big if you do it by yourself ivis nah. that's why i'm here and i gotta keep I'll it in check too- for you <laughs> yeah right no i'll be too i'll have i'll have guests guests guest hosts i'll have uh you know people come in i have our boy john arnold come in see if i can get some you know some other writers to to join me i'm sure that that, that won't be a problem but john, john's the man man yeah, we get John, we get maybe my boy Doug McIntyre, uh, Paul Tenorio. I don't know if I can afford their appearance fees, but... I heard Paul's pretty big, actually. No, Paul's great. He'll get on. He'll, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I feel like uh, you know, he gets more more podcast reps than anybody I know. A lot of people like having him on, so... We'll keep. We'll get the SBI crew on. We'll get. We'll get Franco because you know he loves to come on, even though he's afraid to offer his opinions when he does come on. But uh, so we'll, we'll get. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Twenty sixteen. But I tell you what, if we get to two hundred and fifty, that's still a pretty damn good accomplishment, considering uh, you know when we first started the show, we had no idea how long it would last. Yeah, no, I agree, man. You know, it's uh, here we are recording at midnight again. You know, it's like it's it's amazing to me that we got to two fifty. It's been a We'll save all this stuff for the last show. All right. Well, well, you know. 
By the way, the show is not ending. Just no, so no, everyone no, knows. No, no. Garrett, we'll have Garrett on every now and then. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. Because, but again, listen, folks, he's growing up, man. He's not the same Garrett that was on episode one. You know, no, when he man. was just he was just a happy-go-lucky kid. Now he's like an adult, getting married. You know, kids will be coming pretty soon. That's so. scaring me, dude. You got to take on. You have to take over corporate America now. That's you know. You got to do all that stuff. So. I know it's sad. It's sad, man. You know, I started soccer four years ago, and it's uh, slowly ending, my man. But then you know, you really don't make money in soccer, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you make money tough. in the corporate world. So there you go, man. <laughs> yeah, sell your soul, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Cash those checks. It's, it's quite nice. I it's, it's quite nice. <laughs> I see those shoes. I want them. All right, I'm gonna let exactly. you go. <laughs> Uh, I just, you have a you have a good rest. Well, no, I'll talk to you later before Christmas. So you enjoy yourself, all right, my man. Yeah, let's try to have a show on Wednesday. If we hopefully, hopefully, knock on wood. We'll have a uh, we'll have a holiday show. I we'll don't know I don't know what that will entail, but we'll have a holiday show. We'll have a very short Wednesday show just so we can count it. Yeah, <laughs> I think you and I can you know sing Christmas I will, carols. I will, I, will, I will rattle off the entire SBI draft big board. That should give us about a half an hour content right there. Then I can r- rattle <laughs> off a big board of my favorite holiday foods. So that boom. Hour long show right there. Or you could rattle off your, your gift registry. There you go. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> These are the gifts that haven't been bought yet. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, we're, hey, hey, it worked for Matt Beasler. He got like, as 40KC fans, bought up like his entire registry. So. I know, I know. I have know. to give that a shot. Hey, we might, not get, we might not make any money off the show, but hey, you can get some gifts. Yeah, I guess you could do that. I guess you could do that. <laughs> See, my stuff's like real. I didn't do anything too crazy. You know? Yeah. Like, I know some, like, one of my buddies did like golf clubs. <laughs> like, you golf clubs. I was like, you can't do that, man. That's, that's weird, right? That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, bizarre, bizarre. All right, Ivis, I'll let you go. Enjoy yourself. I'll talk to you later, right, man? All right, man. And as always, everyone, thank, thank you for listening to the show. That is Ivis Clarissa. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBI Show.